You're listening to Thinkers What Works Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary, and today, father-daughter team, Charlie Hare and Jocelyn Hare. Charlie is partner and operations officer, restoration tool development officer. Welcome to the What Works Podcast. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much for this opportunity. So tell us, what's restoration tools? So restoration tools started out as a concept of how can we make water and fire restoration easier uh, and simpler out in the field. So what we've done is we've developed a proprietary line of tools specifically designed, patent pending, uh, specifically designed for the water and fire restoration industry. Uh, plumbers have plumbing tools, electricians have their own line of tools, uh, but restoration professionals do not. So there's that gap, and we're filling that gap and making things easier uh, for those professionals. Along with that, we'll also have um, a school with training classes for restoration professional professionals, as well as adjusters and other mitigation specialists. So, so you're, you're saying that this entire industry, which has been doing its thing for quite some time, had no specialized tools? The only specialized tools that they have are the air movers and the dehumidifiers, floor drying equipment, specialty type there, but no actual tools themselves for doing the physical work. Really? Right now, you go to Farm and Fleet Menard, some store like that, mm-hmm. you pick your hand tools out. It may work, it may not, but we've designed tools that are going to be much quicker when you're doing the work you're paid by the function so the faster you can do the function the more you're going to make wow so how how did you come up with this concept on your hands and knees when you're putting holes in the wall you get tired of it (laughs) so uh we just looked at ways of doing it faster and that's how we came up with the first tool it's the first of about 20 they're not all tied to restoration but uh that's where it's starting out that's awesome well, part of the reason, or one of the reasons I wanted to invite Charlie in was I first saw your first tool at a fast pitch competition. Iger Lab has been having this for 10 years. And so you were first wearing it, what, three years ago or was it four? Three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sitting here and, and this tool looks great. And I'm thinking, this is, you know, this is a home run. And then we start talking and you just keep telling me about your problems getting financing for this thing. And I was, I've always wanted to talk to you about just the, the the difficulty of having a concept and getting it to market. Um, I, with your background, I would have assumed that they would have just jump right on board. That's kind of what we thought also. Uh, the first bank we went to, um, it took 10 months for them to finally say, well, we're not sure we want to. Then the second bank, they had some internal problems, had nothing to do with us. The third bank, uh, and, and this all takes a lot more time than people realize. The third bank also ended up having some internal problems. The fourth bank we went to looked at it, and finally they were very honest and said, you don't have, like a franchise or a restaurant, there's something tangible. With this, the molds are not something that we can do anything with if it doesn't work. Uh, There's nothing tangible that we can go back on, so we're going to bow out. We went to the fifth bank, and they looked at it and said, you know, we really think, like you said, this is a home run, so we're going to go with it. That took a long time, and now it's in the SBA's hand, and it's it's truly astounding in how long it takes to get through everything. Well, and with that, um, so, yeah, you have to have a tangible product. I mean, we're a startup. 
we don't have any sales because in order for us to have sales, we have to go into production. To go into production, you have to have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands sometimes of dollars. And that was the issue some banks were having is we don't have any history of sales. Yes, it's a great product, um, but you don't have any history. Yes, you have uh, both partners have successful companies. Uh, we can see that, but this company doesn't have any doesn't have a leg to stand on in their eyes. And there's nothing like it on the market at all. So they have nothing to compare it to with with what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Is it a matter of um, banking is 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 very tied to ratios and and much less relationships did you see i mean you 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 know you you read about the george bailey's or you watch george bailey in the movies right he could he could just decide he trusted somebody Mm -hmm. right but it's is is that a different business nowadays that's what we were hoping for i think to start with um because we went to local banks uh, and we we knew a lot of them personally uh, and we came highly recommended to these individuals that we've known for a while um and it came out that it was a bank outside of Rockford that said, yeah, I think we can help you with this. And so the relationship at the end of the day did nothing for us. What other challenges uh, have you seen in terms of starting this new venture? Obviously, we're, we've been very naive because this is brand new for us. Yeah, We went to Iger Lab, and I can't say enough good about them. They are awesome to work with. And we went through the development part of it, and that takes a long time to, to do the actual development of mm-hmm. the tool. Then when we decided we were close, we wanted to do the financing, we didn't really know how to figure out how much we wanted. Uh, and again, the Iger Lab really stepped up and said, here, we have this person that's going to help show you why you need to do this for the financing part of it. The next part of it was, before we got too far, is the patent part of it. Uh, We thought it was going to be roughly one price. It's been a little bit more than double that. Mm. And I'm not blaming anybody as to how the patent process works. Uh, There's just been a lot of hurdles that you don't think about. Even though we tried to do all the research that we could, we were still rather naive on what we needed. Yeah. And so how have you you kind of met those challenges? What's your process for going through that process? Well, after having gone through all the processes, where I wrote them all down so that um, when we start rolling more products out, are these things that we're going to have to look at before we introduce it to make sure that we're ahead of the curve on this? Because it's been years to get this product out, and it shouldn't take this long. It's also going to be a little different because some of the hurdles we faced were just to be the business startup hurdles. You have the trademark and the patent and the patent um, and product development side are going to be the main things we'll have to keep an eye on moving forward because you could only start a business really once the same business and then it's just morphing it from there. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. And there are a lot of things that go into it people don't think about. You have to have your liability insurance for the product. You have to have besides your attorneys there's the branding, the colors, everything that goes to, to making the product. So there was a lot that goes into it that when you first got, oh, I got this really great idea and I want to go to market with it. There's a lot that goes into mm-hmm. uh, just doing that part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So you have, how many products are you launching with? When I first went into the Iger Lab, it's kind of funny. Uh, I said, I have about 15 products. 
um, <laughs> can you help me develop these? I want to, you know, take them to market because they're really good things. Yeah. They kind of laughed at me and said, tell you what, why don't you learn the process first? Let's do one, pick one that you think is really good. Uh, and so that you can get through. And that well, was the wisest thing. They kind of left it in your guys' hands for a month or so. And you and Marcus were mulling it over. Should we also get this other uh, product out as well? Yeah. And then Iger Lab kind of laughed at you. And they're like, no, 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 calm down. Just <laughs> start with one. It, it's, not, it's hard not to get excited about when you've got something that you see is very beneficial to the industry. And it really is not to get excited uh and you got all these other things and you're looking at them and it's like i can't believe nobody's thought of these <laughs> things we want to get them to market as quick as we can so but i'm really glad we just started with one yeah because there is a lot that goes into it and where are you at in that stage of launching uh this one product we've got everything lined up with all the manufacturing company with all the people that are going to make the molds the handles the branding, the insurance, the patent is two and a half years into the process. Um, that's a story in and itself. We're really close. It's just once the financing gets going or once the financing gets done, we're ready to roll. How many different companies uh, does it take to build this tool? Mm. Um, most of them are in Illinois. Um I think it's up to nine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting. <laughs> no, I, I, it might be even more than that now because we have the the handles and mm -hmm, so. But but it's 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 an interesting process just putting together a lineup yeah. of companies to build Which this thing. Which is why Iger Lab was so instrumental. They helped line all of that up. Really? I mean, that was one other piece we didn't have to try and worry about. Um, we didn't have to dig around the contacts. They knew who to contact. They knew how to price it all. And so that was one less thing for us to have to worry about of all the thousands of other things we had to do. So when you were looking at this process initially, thinking I'm going to bring, you know, even let's say just one tool to market, how 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 far apart are you in in your your concept of how simple you thought it was going to be to bring that one tool versus kind of where you're at now? Well, this tool you started with uh, one iteration, and that's kind of what got the the tool the company going. And we have several different iterations of of the tool that, mm -hmm. that we started out with. And it was probably five different models before we got to where we're at uh, with what, what what we could see was is going to work. Mm -hmm. Okay. So kind of prototyping five different yes. times. Yeah. And now when we go from prototype to production, there's a whole other uh, list of things to consider. Actually, we pretty much got most of that done already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that so. was another thing with Iger Lab, their engineering side of mm -hmm. things. They have all the specs. They know what everything's going to be made of. So instead of just the like cut on a 3D machine, it's... I don't, well, the I don't. 3D printer was for parts of it. Then we had some of it cut. The original ones are, are made with plastic. They're not injected molding, so they're not the real tool at all, so they mm -hmm. won't hold up. And that's some of the questions that even the banks asked, what's it actually going to be made out of? And the Iger Lab was very helpful. These are the, the actual, mo or what the product is going to be made out of and all that kind of stuff, because mm -hmm. they were concerned about that. Mm -hmm. So once you, get the, once you get the financing and you're ready to roll, the next step is sales. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Is, so is that all laid out and ready to go, or is that just the, new, the next thing you have to develop? Um, so that is Marcus, the other partner. He's more of the executive officer. He has a background in business consulting and marketing, um, and sales is going to be his forte. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to do the distribution routes and then direct sales as well. And so we have our – because there are very few companies that specialize in restoration anything, equipment, products um, – it helps narrow down who we have to go after for distribution. Um, so we have that somewhat laid out. Obviously, there's going to be more work than what we've done so far, but we have a pretty good idea of how many want we want to sell each year, kind of what our uh, strategy will be to get into the market, we think. <laughs> Did you do that in the market research prior to... Uh- uh, launch, like, yes. what, yeah, tell me, tell me, where did you do that market research I in this started, process? I actually started out, I didn't mean to interrupt, no, um, with, with a couple products that we went up to Marquette University because they can do studies up at Marquette mm-hmm. very reasonably. And they came back and said, yeah, there's nothing like them on the market. We've talked to people that think they would use them. Uh, so they they had indicated that, yes, there is a need for the the those two that we'd already started with how'd you get turned on to market to marquette i'm I'm always i'm always looking for places you know to to talk to talk to people and send people right so you said marquette does um that kind of industry research how did you find out about them higher lab yeah your lab and so and marquette's like the closest to, to rockford that does that kind of work they were the only ones that that they had indicated to us that can actually do that kind of study and keep everything confidential as to what the, the tool or product is. Uh, and it's normally, it's like 5000 to begin with, but our cost was like 800 or something yeah, to, I'll to actually do it. So there's funding that goes into doing those studies when you go to Mark, you know. There. I'm yeah. always looking to add, you know, more knowledge to our website about yeah, where to go. Yeah, that's fantastic. So what's the what's the next step now? You're looking for you're you got financing under underway, and then that's going to be coming through ideally here soon, mm-hmm. and then it's go time, mm-hmm. and you've got all the all your dominoes ready for that now. Yes, wow. Got the boxes. We've got yeah. everything. The insurance people have been, you know, we have to keep them up to date because it keeps dragging out. But we've got the warranty stuff, all all that stuff that you don't normally think about mm-hmm. um, is just it's ready to go. Wow. That's fantastic, and and then how how long uh, before you're gonna you know have tool number two and five and ten? Mm, probably every quarter we'll try and yeah. get a new product out. Um, so say tomorrow we have the go. Uh, it would take to get the mold and all the products into our warehouse. It would take uh, thirteen weeks max for everything to be there. So eight to 13 weeks. Um, and then after that, we'd probably give it about six months before we roll out the other product just to get some ground under underneath of us. But you're also developing, you said, the center for training? Yeah. So where did that idea come from? The industry, when you <laughs> talk to adjusters more specifically, are very, they know how the paperwork part of it goes uh they're very lacking in why people are doing what they're doing uh so if you can train them as to they they lack construction knowledge they uh that's a good way of putting it uh-huh. yes um it, it, people think it's construction but when you're doing water restoration 
Um, if you go in and you cut everything out and then you're going to tell somebody it takes five days to dry something. There, the, there you, aren't really, um, I mean, there are standards in the water. Water is the thing that comes up the most, but there are standards that restoration companies should follow, but we're not really regulated that much. Um, and part of that, it, it's hard for insurance adjusters to know everything and all of it. Um, and so you, they rely heavily on the restoration company to be uh, ethical. And like every industry, you're not always going to have that uh, person that's always following the lines and following the rules. And so we want to help um, adjusters understand some things they kind of break it down a little simpler for them so they know what to look at to tell if a company they're referring or if a, a job was done properly um, just by re-looking at the numbers they're looking at from paperwork a restoration company will submit um, and that's kind of what we want to do but then the closest water restoration training class is in the suburbs um, which we they have great programs um, and we just figured it'd be great to sometime expand, offer those expand on what they they offer actually mm -hmm. is what it amounts to so you've identified then a niche yes. even in the training mm -hmm. yes do you find uh do you find that you kind of uh, have have moved over time towards this idea of invention is that kind of you who you are in my previous life i was an engineer for okay. a part of it and i've finally realized that I'm able to look at things and, you know, kind of question why, why are you making it so hard in what you're doing? There's an easier way to do things. And, and so I just look at things a little different than a lot of people on trying to simplify the work that they're doing hmm. so that you can do it faster and safer. He's, and he's always been that way. I remember when I was little and growing up, he would talk about different bicycle inventions or even gadgets in a shower and just, I'm like, okay, yeah, dad, whatever, and just dismiss it. And now he's doing something with all of those ideas. And I mean, you even say, oh, I woke up with another invention idea. I'm like, okay, add it to your list. Do you want to hear about it? I, I can't visualize it the way you can. So how does it feel to kind of come into your own uh, now? Some, sometimes I often wonder why other people can't look at things and, and see <laughs> that, you know, there's a lot easier ways to do yeah. to do this. So I enjoy it. I like helping people learn how to do things faster and safer. Yeah. Um, and you're a, you're a pretty frequent face around this area. That's uh, mostly the post office. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh -huh. showing your yes. age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see the wanted posters. Mm -hmm. But we've got a we've got a thing called One Million Cups every Wednesday uh, here at Thinker, where an entrepreneur or a small business owner presents their concept, and you're always in the audience talking to somebody. Plus, yeah, all the other I see them at the other networking groups and the too. other networking yeah. groups too. Yeah, it, I'm glad you actually asked that. A lot of people that do the presentations, I look at it as to there are some people that have a product that will help what I'm doing and they mm. don't realize it. Gotcha. And there's been actually two of them that have had ideas that will be, one of them in particular is phenomenal what it will do for our industry and they have no idea of what that will do. So, so you're, uh, are you scope, you're, you're silently I'm scoping silently out scoping people? I'm silently scoping things out yeah. and it's to help them also. I really yeah. believe in 
helping people succeed at what yeah. they're doing. But a lot of people are missing things, what they should be doing when they're when they're up doing a presentation. Yeah. Um, there's people that I try to get to come to the Million Cups <laughs> so that they can learn and see what they should be asked of people to help them grow. Mm -hmm. So I do look at things, like I say, a little bit different in that regard. Yeah. Interesting. How long have you owned your own business? Since 2005. And so you've been watching him run a business for mm -hmm. 13 years. Mm -hmm. So what have you learned, Jocelyn, by watching him? Um, hmm. Well, so I don't um, have any formal training in business. And so everything I've learned as a manager in a restoration company was by watching him and my mom because mm -hmm. she's in the business as well um and one thing with him is he's always learning and i think that's what's helped me understand what i need to do either as a manager or for this new company is because he's always learning and trying to figure out what he doesn't know um always talking to people and he's not afraid of trying something different and so I, I, that's probably one of the biggest things. Mm -hmm. Who's the spreadsheet person? Who's the one who sits back and says, yeah, it's a great idea, but well, we can't do that right now. That's me. I can be kind <laughs> yeah. of the Debbie Downer. Yeah. Like, nope, Marcus. look at the numbers. <laughs> Marcus is real good at that, too. Mm-hmm. That's necessary, though, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't there, you can grow yourself into bankruptcy really quickly if, you don't, if you're not watching the, the right numbers. Yeah, yeah. That's a very correct statement, yes. <laughs> yeah, we were talking... That's, that's, I'm sorry. That's been one of the concerns of the bank, uh, and it surprised me that they, after months and months, that they decided they didn't want to. They, their concern was that it would grow too fast, too quick. Yeah. And how do you deal with that? And that's been our concern, too, is can the manufacturing part keep up with... Or can we keep up with it? Yeah, <laughs> with, with what the yeah. demands will be. Yeah. Um, and that was the other reason for starting with one product first to learn what is it really going to take. There were so many variables that go into the logic of starting with one to begin with. Yeah. So when you're looking back, uh, when somebody comes to you now, what advice do you give them when, when they say, hey, I've got this idea, I want to, I want to do this thing, what, what do you tell them? There's been actually surprisingly several people that have commented to me, I have this idea. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, don't, you don't have to tell me what it is. Just go down to the Agar lab to start with just to see if it's feasible. But you need to be open-minded because you, have a really, you may have a really good idea. That doesn't mean it's going to be something that you can make money with. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that here at Million Cups also. People have a product, but you can see they're not going to be able to make money unless they make some changes on how they want to do it. Gotcha. Actually, I just wrote a, a blog post today on something called idea laundering. Mm. So you'll pitch mm. your idea to your friends and family who won't give you honest feedback. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or then you'll go in front of somebody who's giving you honest feedback, but you're not listening to their what they're actually saying. You're, mm -hmm. you're shoehorning it into your belief system. It's kind of like American Idol. <laughs> <laughs> right? To hear a great you're, singer. You're, you're hearing what you want to hear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You really want it to go forward, and, and so you just disregard the the parts you don't want to hear and, and hang on to the nugget that you do. They don't want to be objective about it. And right. It is hard because you think you have this really, and you may have a really good idea, but you really can't make money with it for these reasons, and mm -hmm. that's where you need to be objective. Nice. Uh, any any parting words you have for us, Jocelyn? 
No, not that I can think of. <laughs> Put on the spot. I, don't I know. <laughs> I did a three on the spot. I, I would say if people do have ideas like you're talking, don't don't just think about it and think about it and think about it. Do yeah. something about it. There may be, you know, somebody else might come up with the same product later on, and then you're going to always, I wish I had, when you really, you wish you should have uh, done something, because there are a lot of things that can be made, produced, and you can make good money at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the What Works podcast. Uh, this has been really educational. We're looking forward to uh, when Restoration Tools launches their first product. We are, uh, too. Hopefully soon. <laughs> Yeah, thank, thank you, you very much for this opportunity.